Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. <laughs> yeah, you guys can't see this right now, but I'm leg kicking. I'm high kicking to that song. How could you not move when you hear that theme song? Welcome to Switch the Envelope. My name is Corey. My name is Jeff. This is the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. That's usually where we say our names. It's all weird today because we have a special guest in studio, Jeff. It's our third guest ever. Ever. We've mm. had we are we are two seasons in. Yeah. I don't know how many episodes do we have. How many episodes do we have? Uh, should we ask Al? Uh, we can. I don't want him. Yeah, it's fine. Don't wake him. He had a uh, long night last night. Not yet. He's he was gonna... partying with some <laughs> with some uh, Apple Two C's. <laughs> we'll wake him up in in just a bit to to find our category. But first, let's introduce our our guest host today. You know, the the last two uh, guests that we had were uh, relative amateurs. This one is a professional, Jeff. This one is a professional. That's she right. has a podcast of her own. Mm-hmm. And it's movie-based. It is movie-based. It's a we're, movie podcast. We're coming around, Jeff. We are. <laughs> we're making it more legit every day. <laughs> uh, please welcome Cassie, the host of Fettuccine Alfredo podcast. Hello. And then applause. Yes, we'll, we'll... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know. you don't have to say it, Corey. We'll now have to take out the fact that you just put in... And applause. the rest of your comment. <laughs> okay, so... All right. Welcome to the show, Cassie. How's it going? It's going good. You're, you, you run a, a, a movie podcast. Yes, I do. Right? Yep. What, what, uh, what is your take on, on movies in your podcast? Uh, we mainly do just reviews, uh, so people out there can decide whether or not they want to see uh, the newest films or even later films. Uh, and yeah, I do it with my very best friend, Alfredo, mm-hmm. who, oddly enough, doesn't really like movies. So, <laughs> yeah. so that, There's the twist right there. Exactly. <laughs> One loves movies, one hates movies. Together, they review your favorites. Yeah, is yeah. it is it um, it's old and new movies? You just yeah. So the newest releases that come out, uh, like Aladdin, sure. all that stuff. If there's not any interesting movies that we care about or care to watch, then we kind of do later movies. Like uh, trying to think back to one, like Black Klansman was kind of a later. Mm. movie last fantastic year. Movie. what did you think about black Klansman? i thought it was absolutely fantastic yeah we i believe we gave it the envelope in on our show did we switch did we give the switch envelope to black Klansman? well uh, wait hold up i don't think so i want to though <laughs> maybe i'm thinking of future episodes <laughs> i don't think we did that year no we may not have because it's too recent yeah, we didn't do it that because we focus more on older movies the newest one we did was shape of water the year of shape mm, of water that's true we that may have talked did. about Black Klansman extensively we when we did, did our Oscars recap. We did. That's talk what I'm extensively mis- I'm misremembering. Yeah, about Black Klansman. Mm. Probably in one of our yeah. list episodes. Okay, that's probably where we did it. Uh, it was. I think it was in our Oscars recap um, for this past uh, year's Oscars. Yeah, I was blown away by um, what Spike Lee has continued to do throughout yeah. his career. Yeah, and you know, yeah, and just the way that it relates. You know, it's it's about you know the past but it still relates to today absolutely yeah yeah it's uh it's incredibly poignant um but then also lighthearted at some moments like it's a yeah. really well-crafted film that uh, deserved more recognition than it got absolutely no no 
You, you look like you had a you had a punchline. No, no, I, like I did, I did, and now I'm going to not say it because. <clears throat> Fair enough. Okay, let's move on. Thank you, thank you for joining us today, Cassie. We hope uh, to to really tap into you know your your movie reviewing expertise as a part of our show today. I'm hoping I can contribute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. All right. Uh, so the first thing we have to do is we have to fire up Al. We have to wake him from his uh, his. His drunken slumber. <laughs> his drunken slumber. He had a wild night last wild. night. He was in Simi Valley. It was Simi Valley. Simi Valley. Yeah, yeah that's Simi Valley. And yeah, he drove all night. Yep. With half a hangover. I don't know how he drove. He's a computer, but he drove on the uh, information superhighway. I, I don't know how to react now. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't know what my lead-in was. I, I didn't know how to. Like... I don't know what the joke was. So. Yeah, that's, yes. that's what I'm saying. Roll it back. Let's yes. listen. Information superhighway. You know what? I, I don't know like... how Al drove here. He's a computer. And I said, on the information superhighway. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave all of that in right there. Cool. I'm leaving everything right we just yeah, said. Yeah, no. Right I mean, people were immediately laughing at home, I'm sure. I'm sure they were. Yeah. Or in their car. Yeah. Information superhighway. Yes. <laughs> just keep saying it. Information superhighway. Yeah. That's how computers drive. Exactly. If you weren't aware. Fire his ass up. Let's get a year. Let's get a category. Hey, Let's wash away the Wake awkward up. joke. Thank you, Al. Okay, so it looks like we have our year and our category. This. Ooh, exciting. Are you excited, Cassie? Um, nerve. Yeah, no. Nervous. <laughs> she's nervous. She's she's all kinds of emotions in here. She's nervous. She's excited. Yeah, I mean the Oscars have been going on since like the '30s, so like there's a so it could go anywhere. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it looks like this week oh. we are going to be doing the category of best picture. Okay. Easiest, easiest category. Don't be nervous. It's fine. Right. Right. Hey, uh, Al, you son of a bitch. When are we going to do a different category? Huh, Al? I mean, he's he's pandering to, to a guest, I think. You know, okay. making it Make a little, it a little easier. easier. Yeah. A little easier. Okay. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. All right. So let's do something that we like to call. That's right. It's time for headlines. Okay. We're going to do headlines. So. This is the time when we try and make Corey guess what our year is. So I will give Corey a couple of different events that happened during the year of our category. He's going to try and guess what year that was. So here we go. I'm so excited. In this year... I love this game a lot. <laughs> in this year, Mount St. Helens blew its motherfucking top. It's a fucking Mount St. Helens. I don't... Where is Mount St. Helens? I should know that. I Do you it's know in Washington? Anybody? Is it in Washington? Is that a Washingtonian landmark? I think it's in Washington. Al. Okay. Yes, Mount St. Helens is in Washington. Okay. Did that help you decide the year? No. Okay. Then why'd you have me? I don't know. I thought <laughs> maybe if I stalled a little bit, it would help. <clears throat> hmm. Mount St. Helen erupted in the 40s. I don't know. In the 40s. I don't know. It's disaster. I don't remember a disaster happening in my lifetime, so it's before I was yeah, born. Yeah, you know what's really funny is I, I don't remember that actually happening. It feels like it would be a like a big deal. Right. Yeah. Like like the Challenger crashing or whatever, blowing yeah. up. It blew up. It, it didn't blew crash. Up. It, it just it blew, blew up. up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And let's see. <clears throat> Since you did not get that, no. we're going to move on. The next one is something you may remember. Oh, okay. you were not alive for this. Oh, so it is before. Okay, so it I wasn't completely your wrong. It's before your lifetime. 
Cassie, you can jump in too if you if you know okay. these. All right. Okay, it's before either of your lifetime. It is the year that President Ronald Reagan Ooh. was shot. Ooh. By Mr. John Hinckley Jr. John Hinckley. I I think I know this. I was not born, that's true. Throw it out there. Um, let's see, Ronald Reagan was president from what year to what year? <laughs> <laughs> he was a ah he was a president who had an assassination attempt and typically those presidents are elected on zero years. So I think he was elected in eighty. Uh-huh. So then his assassination attempt would have been 81. Yes. Woohoo! All right. So we are doing the movies, <laughs> the Academy Awards of 1981. Woo. Best picture. 1981. Do you feel confident about the best picture, people, of 1981? How about there, you, Cassie? Cassie? We just sprang this on you. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely did. Um. Seeing as I wasn't born until years after. Neither was I. Luckily, (laughs) I was raised by great parents who showed me these movies. Okay, so you feel confident. All right, let's run down the nominees before we get into uh, a little bit of uh, Academy Award history. Let's let's run down the nominees for Best Picture in 1981. All right, so here are the nominees. Ordinary People. Coal Miner's Daughter. The Elephant Man. Raging Bull. And Empire Strikes Back. No! Oh, Although. okay. Oh, I was just, sorry, I was projecting, yeah, projecting. onto it. Yeah, we'll get into Empire Strikes yeah. Back. I, what I meant to say later. was Tess. Yeah, te- Tess, Roman yeah, Polanski Tess. film. Yeah, I meant to say it that way. Real fun, real fun uh, Victorian-aged film, Tess. I meant to put expletive, Tess. Yeah. It was a kid show, you know. Well, you know, Roman Polanski did it, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- those are our nominees. Do you feel confident now? <laughs> uh, well, seeing as I've only seen one of those movies. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. You'll be able to speak wonderfully to all <laughs> all the remaining films that you haven't seen. You know what? Between parts one and two, watch a bunch of the trailers. You know, maybe see a couple clips, and uh, I think you'll be fine. I've read all the synopsis of... of the films i don't know oh. if that'll help but sometimes it's something sometimes it helps yeah i mean <clears throat> i don't sit around reading synopsis and watching trailers i watch all the movies yeah. so mm-hmm. you know it's our duty it's our duty uh, as our as duty. patrons of the people really yep yep we do it for you the switches the switchers you need like a, <laughs> a fun all right. little chime all right so now that we know our nominees we know our year we know our category let's take a peek behind the 1981 oscars this is the 53rd Academy Awards. Um, interestingly enough, you mentioned Ronald Reagan being shot on, was it March 30th? March 30th, 1981. Yeah. So this Oscars was scheduled to take place on March 30th, 1981. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're not. Um, which uh, was a Monday. Interestingly, you know, like, I, I don't know... Back in the day, I, I don't know why. Like it, it shocked me to learn that the Oscars happened on a Monday telecast. I'm so used to them being on a Sunday. I'm not sure when they switched to being Are on you a, sure a Sunday night. They were on that Monday. 
Yeah, they were scheduled to take place on Monday, March 30th, 1981, but President Reagan was shot, and so they decided to respect the fact that uh, our president was just gunned down. Uh, they should delay the Oscars. How long do you think they delayed it? I don't know. A couple hours? Um, a little longer than a couple hours. One whole day. So 24 hours. 24 hours. They held... Well, he was an actor. He was part of this, Hollywood. That's true. So, I mean, despite him turning in all his friends to the FBI and creating the Hollywood 10, he was an actor just like them, and they wanted to respect him. Right. So, you know, um, they pretty much decided, like, Ugh, all of the televisions are going to be on news coverage of if this is the president all right. Let's wait a day and then have the Oscars. You know, which uh, I kind of, like, I want to know a little bit about, like, all the stars that got ready on that Monday. And then, like, they, in their gowns, because they get ready at, like, noon. I wonder when they, when they, uh, when they can't, when they were like, it's, guys, it's cool. We're not going to, if, we're not going to do this today because the president, you know, like, that, that would, that's more interesting to me is, like, the people who, like, had hair appointments. They, they were, like, in makeup chairs early in the morning because they knew that they were going to be red carpeting all day, you know. And then uh, they're like, nope, tomorrow. And they're like, fuck. Now I got to set up another appointment. You know, I, I bet it created chaos. I feel like in the major event of a president getting shot, that'd just be like an automatic, you know what? This might happen tomorrow. That people would understand. So yeah, people, people were, were like going man, to their appointments. Probably going to their appointments. They're probably starting yeah. to get ready. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See? Mm, see? And the guy did it to impress Jodie Foster. Was she impressed? I don't know. She's probably going to the Oscars. She might have been. 1980. Yeah, she may yeah. have been like sitting in a chair getting her hair done. Because the year or two before, she was there seventy eight. She was there seventy eight Oscars, driver. I think. Yeah. Okay, so she was still going there as like a big star, she, yeah. big time star. So that yeah, this was she was what? Wait, did he do 14th? it that day because of the Oscars? Maybe he did. That's ridiculous. Oh, we're putting pieces together, guys. Oh man, we're solving crimes years later. <laughs> I mean, it's only been like forty years. You but know whatever. what? Let's turn this into a true crime podcast. <laughs> Fuck movies. We're gonna solve. We're gonna solve this one. This is now gonna be serial. Yeah, serial <laughs> part two. Mail, mail, Kemp. Um, yeah. So it was delayed one, one whole day. They held it on on a Tuesday. Um, the host. Anybody want to take a guess who the host was? Billy Crystal. Not Billy Crystal. <laughs> no, he he doesn't he doesn't get into it for for a little while. Uh, it's the eighty. It's nineteen eighty. Like who's the Steve like, Martin? No, a good guess, but no. It is uh, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> definitely not Tommy Lee Jones. He would just be like, the Oscars. <laughs> I'm so angry at the Oscars. Um, um, no, the host was uh, none other than late show host Johnny Carson. Really? That sounds kind of yeah. weak. What? He was like the biggest late night entertainer. He was the man. Johnny Carson? He was the gatekeeper for uh, like comedians and like everybody wanted to go to the couch. But he was um, a respectable guy. I sure. feel like that job would go to people that are just like either coming up or people that need the work. No, 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 no. Because like Billy people Crystal. People trying to make a name for themselves. Billy Crystal was like a seasoned performer and he was like, he made it better and bigger and like he but sang He's also in City stuff. Slickers. I mean, he wasn't really doing, you know, no. the kind of seasoned work that. Have you not watched City Slickers lately? That's a fantastic film. Yeah, but he also did City Slickers too. The Quest for Curly's Gold? Yes, another American classic. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a piece of shit movie. Are you kidding me? City Slickers 2 is a crap. We movie. will fight later. We have a guest. It has, it has <laughs> John Lovett. It has John Lovett in it. It does. And his his be- best joke is about how he milks a bull. 
Come on. That's true. That that movie was crap. That bull is not a girl. Yeah, that movie's crap. Milk, yeah. I milked your cow. <clears throat> yeah. It's not a cow, that's a bull. Ooh. Yeah. There's there's some bad jokes in it, but the movie is fantastic. For an eight year old, I was amazed. That, that movie is terrible. <laughs> now, City Slickers is a great movie. City Slickers, City Slickers Two was, was just—it's it, look, it's uh, it's sequel garbage, yes, but still pretty entertaining. I don't know. Can I see your hot take on City Slickers Two? Uh, didn't know it existed. You've never seen? Oh my gosh! See, right now it's already getting an extra finger because I'm recommending for you to watch both City Slickers films back to back. And then really like just I'll, exist I'll, I'll in my, that nineties. Dad, if it's worth it. Billy After you Crystal, see City Slickers, is. you're gonna oh, be like, he'll agree. "This is a good movie about a guy who has a midlife crisis and mm-hmm. goes on a trail cattle run. Cattle run. Yeah. Then you see the second one and go, "Why the hell did I just watch this second movie? This is stupid." <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but worth the watch. <laughs> it has a, it has a it has a storyline like a bad um, a bad soap opera. All of a sudden, Curly's got a twin. He does. What the f- <laughs> What the hell? The twin comes off of a ship. Curly likes the land. His brother likes the sea. It's true. It's so stupid. Yeah. And he was doing too many Oscars. That's why. Yeah. Perhaps. You know, I still love Billy Crystal, though. He's great. Of course. So Johnny Harson co- hosted this. Um, Johnny Harson? Johnny. What did I say? Johnny Harson. Yeah, that guy. No, right. his evil twin, Johnny Carson. That's the guy that hosted. Gotcha. All right, last uh, peek behind the Oscars here. There was a uh, complete outrage uh, at this Oscars because they didn't recognize the wonderful makeup work that Christopher Tucker had done for The Elephant Man. And a bunch of people petitioned the Oscars like, oh, you have to at least give him an honorary Oscar because it was such a phenomenal job portraying John Hurt as this sort of disfigured you know, um, uh, human. And the Academy was like, we'll consider, uh, no, we're not going to do that. And the following year, the people kept pushing so hard um, for recognition in this field that the Academy, um, in 1982, came up with the best makeup uh, category for the Oscars. Cool. I thought that would be, I thought that would have gotten a better response. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. That's much better. Do you know? Do you know the first, the first makeup artist that won best makeup? Nobody cares about best makeup. <laughs> this is like this is like a. a sp- I mentioned last episode. I'm I'm like a special effects nerd. <laughs> this is like best makeup effects. Like this is visual effects. Arnold Schwarzenegger in no, T2. No, not an actor. <laughs> you guys are assholes. I don't. I don't know makeup people. Makeup legend Rick Baker wins the first Academy Award for. Is best he makeup. from the movie FX? No? no. Is he from the movie Dawn of the Dead? He wins it for an American Werewolf in London. Oh, he okay. reinvented. He reinvented new ways of doing practical special effects makeup to make uh, like arms grow and hair grow out of skin and like a muzzle come off of a dude's face. Like it's an incredible job. No, I I agree with you. Thank you. It's See, better than just like the fake ass special effects. If yeah, like, like this, the CG I, I, like yeah. effects, like when done subtly, CG is is amazing. But practical effects are so much more convincing than than fake effects. Um, but okay, it's, cool. It's a revolutionary makeup, and that's significant. That happens at this Oscars, or because of this Oscars, cool. failing to recognize somebody. Cool. 
So that's a peek behind the Oscars. That really fizzled, guys. Thanks for just staring at me through all of that. I appreciate it. I didn't have much to say about a lot of that, man. It was so insightful, and it was so... It drew me in. It really did. I think when people listen to that peek behind the Oscars, they will be just just sucked in. Sure. Sucked. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You're saying that it sucked. Cool. Uh, I said sucked a lot, yeah. but I didn't mean... <laughs> they mean that it sucked. Mean that it'll be sucked in. Um, yeah. Okay. I feel like they're facts that you talk about when you're feeling awkward at a at a party. Like, Take them. Yeah. Like, have have hey, awkward did conversations. Did you know in the 1981 Oscars that the Elephant Man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really nailed that fact. Yep. <laughs> yeah. These are things people can take with them to sound smart at cocktail parties. People still have cocktail parties. I don't know. They have but like sam- sambuca parties or sambuca parties. Really? Do people have sambuca parties? I don't know. Pro- are you Prose- going to sambuca parties? Prosecco parties. Party? What do the millennials <laughs> drink? Prosecco. Prosecco. I had prosecco last night. Kombucha. Kombucha. Cam- is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I think you're combining like three different alcohols I, into look, one word. I'm old, man. I don't. I don't know what the hip kids are drinking these days. I don't know. Zimas. They go to Zima parties. <laughs> Does Zima even make? They, An alcohol. Zima came back a little while. Like they, they had like a. Are you sure? Like a resurgence. I feel like they haven't. It was like people discovered Zima again for like four months, and they were like, "Oh, that's right. This tastes like shit. Nobody should ever drink it." <laughs> did they? Did they? I in my entire life, I've never had a Zima. I don't know what a Zima is. I've never had a Zima. Either. I know it looks like a Sprite. Everyone said it tasted like shit. I don't know what a Zima is. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell. You've ever had a Zima, Cassie? No, I no. not. Are you curious? Are you Zima curious? She probably doesn't even know what a Zima is. It's probably like a Sanka to her or Sizzling. She probably doesn't even know what it is. Right. Yeah, I don't know what any of those are. Or, but I can tell you as one of those young people, we do not have Zima parties. No, well, you're missing out. All right, let's move on to our next segment, which is... It's going to be our top 10 movies at the box office for 1981. That's true. No, 1980. Ah, you're right, 1980. 1980. Yeah. See, I was if all of you were paying attention. I was None of you were paying attention. <laughs> Everyone fell asleep after Corey's, Corey's top 10. Or, I mean, look behind the Oscars. Wake the fuck up. Let's have a conversation about the movies of 1980. Movies about 1980. Oh, so many great movies came out in 1980. Xanadu. Xanadu came out in 1980. Mad Max came out in 1980. So how do you feel the Mad Max measures up to the new Mad Max? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like they, they, like one, like the newest one is like fucking high octane, right? Like they it's have just, a they have a guitar in the front of their and flames, front of their floats. You know. They all they all ride on floats. Yeah, it's it's uh it's like the most extreme parade ever. Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yeah, the guy got a guitar jumping and dangling in front of their float with a guy that's all albino. Yeah, and there's crazy. there's lots of like circus Soleil performers. Yeah, and shit. Tom Hardy's in the middle of it. It's all yeah. crazy. So this movie, it was released in Australia in 1979 first, correct? Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I know that it was an Australian movie first. I, I like them both kind of the same. You know, like they're both enjoyable, like fun B-movies. I, I don't know. I saw this movie by accident the first time on like when I was like very young. Mm-hmm. And it scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. (laughs) The apocalyptic world. And (laughs) And the bikers that are just murdering people. It's pretty fucking scary for any kid. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, uh, (laughs) you know. I was like, hey, it's like Die Hard. Nothing like Die Hard. No, I mean. It's fucking scary. Then then Kevin Costner's, you know, he made a more watered. Kevin Costner's in this? Yeah. No, no. Is he, he riding alongside? He like, made a more watered down is he version of this movie. dancing with wolves in this? They're like a wolf that's, jumping around. It's not as good. 
called Waterworld. And I think that's underneath in my enjoyment to both Mad Max films. Have you have you seen the new Mad Max? I've seen the new one. I've never seen the old one. Oh, treat treat yourself to a young Mel Gibson who does not sound like the Mel Gibson you know and love. Because he's got his regular voice. <laughs> his Australian, nobody can understand him voice. Yeah. Somewhere along the lines, Mel Gibson dropped the Australian accent, which is like, nope, fuck it, I'm no, American. No, even if you listen to, if you go watch uh, Lethal Weapon 1, he's still got that Australian accent. It's still thick. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm saying somewhere along the lines, he decided, I'm no longer Australian, I'm just going to be American. Somewhere between Lethal Weapon 1 and Lethal Weapon 4, <laughs> he lost the Australian accent yeah. and the mullet. Maybe that was the power of the accent was in exactly. the mullet. <laughs> Cut the mullet and he no longer could say good day. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Um, right. Let's see what what else what else uh, premiered in 1980. What do we got here? Now the original Friday the 13th comes out in 1980. That's true. Yes, Friday the 13th. Friday also, 13th. on that same vein, Herbie goes bananas. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know. Holy um, crap! Flash Gordon came out this year. Did it really? Ah. Um. Yeah, there's uh, there's not a lot of great films that came out in 1980. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Well, you are not diving deep enough into that list, my friend, because there is a lot of good movies. Uh, Caddyshack? Absolutely, came Caddyshack out? came out. Caddyshack is is one of those movies. But it's on your top 10. No, it's not. Well, it damn well should be. Caddyshack is 17th on the list of highest grossing of 1980. I looked at a different list. Okay. You did. <laughs> I was going to say The Blue Lagoon. Was well, super popular at the time. It was. It introduced the world to Brooke Shields. Uh, minor. Unfortunately, she was a minor at the time, yeah. so it's not a very woke movie. It's a it's a hashtag Me Too movie now. Yeah, um, that director would have been uh, just Me Tooed right out of Hollywood. Yeah. But um, so, are you allowed to watch that movie now? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. I haven't seen that movie since I was around sixteen. I feel like it would be a weird watch now. I, yeah, if you if you're like you know, well, I'm like twenty five. So yeah. if you're like twenty five, like, do, <laughs> <laughs> how do you? You can't watch that movie. It's too like young kids. Like yeah, being gross. being naked and fucking like it's weird. <laughs> Like, that's the plot of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I understand that it's all for the point of like her growing up and everything, but still, come on. Sure, but... Uh, yeah, it's just weird. Anyway, let's talk about some of the sequels that happened in the year 1980. Cheech and Chong's the next movie. Cheech and Chong. Mm-hmm. There was Jaws. There was um, Smokey and the Bandit 2. Yeah, they made the top 10. Yeah. There was uh, Superman 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Popeye came out this this year. This is uh, Robin Williams doing doing With his big arms. Gus. I think it was kind of low for Robin Williams. Frankly. You think this is a low spot? Yeah. You know what's weird? Like this. Have you seen the live action Popeye? I have. What is your take on on Popeye? Well, I'm a little biased because anything with Robin Williams. Sure. I absolutely. It's Wait. just comedic gold. Patch Adams? Yes, I have seen Patch Adams. No, I'm saying, do you think that's good? Comedic gold? Come here. Come on. Well, I mean, there's feel good moments that, you know. <laughs> What's that other one where he has the hat? <laughs> What's that one where he has the hat and the thing? <laughs> that one's. T- <laughs> <laughs> You know that Robin Williams movie where he's uh, he's making those <laughs> on eyes the, on the front cover. It's uh, the front cover of the movie. He's like, got a hat. 
It's like a hat, and it's like an opening on the hat, and it's like, I'll figure it out. You guys keep talking about Patch Adams. <laughs> like, it's uh, something There's about a flubber? fish. King, huh? King, flubber? King, no, keep going. No? Keep going about Patch Adams. I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, po- Popeye is is a really, it's a very stylized, weird film. Yeah. That does not feel like the comic. No. And doesn't feel like it's weird because like the characters are there, but it's this, it's a much darker feeling universe that Popeye exists in. Yeah, it's it's a little awkward. And then there's songs. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. Jack. Jack is the one you Jack. were thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> Where he ages. Too fast? Yes, Jack. I remember seeing that one a lot. That's long a stupid movie. I like Jack. Yeah, whatever, you would. <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of Twitter hate for that, but I enjoy Jack. He's done some real stinkers. It's not so it's know. not look, it's not a great film, but like I don't know, there's something Okay, fine. Fun Next about, episode about top twenty movies Robin, Robin Williams movies because <laughs> we need to discuss this because there's some real shitty movies he's done. Yeah. But it's Robin. But then he's also done some Club Paradise with Peter O'Toole. Okay, but Birdcage? Birdcage Birdcage is great. Yeah, exactly. But I will say there's even better than that. I mean, I cannot get better than uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam. I think that's one of the best movies he's ever done. Uh, uh, Yeah, I I mean, that's that's up there. Uh, Dead Poets Society? Dead Poets Society. Yeah, that's that's so easy. Good Will Hunting? <laughs> it is. It's so easy to do either one of those. He plays the same character in both. But Aladdin. He's, he's great. Yeah, Aladdin, Aladdin is Aladdin. one of his but greatest. But that's just voice. I mean, greatest. that's just voice acting. Hold up. Gr- Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. It's just voice acting. And he does this. Okay, first of all. He has to convey all that emotion without you seeing not to get, Not to throw job. out, frame of to his throw face. out Robin Williams' hate or anything, because I, I love Robin Williams. But he has like four voices he does. Sure. And he does them all in Mrs. Doubtfire, and he does them all in Aladdin. He doesn't he does, do a Scottish does, accent in, in Aladdin. Yes, he does. Um, yeah. he oh, he does! In, he, he does in golf. He does a golf skirt, and he does that. He does Scottish <laughs> accent. He does fake fake hip-hop guy accent. He does Russian guy accent. And he does... Wait, what's the third one? Uh, there's another one. He does, like, four accents, and he always does them in everything he does. Yeah. But it's so fucking it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's <laughs> hilarious. But he does like four accents. I mean, that's, everything he does. That's at least three more than I can do. <laughs> no, he's great at the four. It's probably four more than you can do. It is. I'm not saying I'm anywhere near what he can do. Jeff but can't even saying. do an American accent. <laughs> exactly. I can trip over my words all the time. And look, um, Moscow on the Hudson. He took one of his accents and made an entire movie out of it. <laughs> I bet you we can find a movie for every one of his accents. There might be. Yeah. <laughs> just he just went to his agent and was just like, "Look, I got this Scottish thing, but I kind of want to do it as a female." We're like, well, it's cool. We'll get somebody to write a movie, Robin. <laughs> um, let's see. Also came out in this year, The Shining. Now, ew. Wait, are we doing top ten? Not yet. We're we're very close to top ten. Okay. The, these are just just on the cusp. The Shining, Urban Cowboy, Popeye. Ordinary people, and then we get in the top ten. But so what happens? What we want to do is tell everybody if they haven't seen The Shining, let's tell them exactly what happens in the very end. <laughs> Jack is a very bad boy. Okay. So what about the pictures? Um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Turns out he was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So The Shining is one of the best horror movies out there. I, I no, I, we're getting I, we're getting dramatic head shakes over here I from disagree. our guests. <laughs> Explain, okay. Explain your stance, young lady. Okay, look, <laughs> I do agree that The Shining is it's a 
it's a well done movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever read the book? I have not. If 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 you read the book, you will hate The Shining. You, you will hate the movie. Yeah, but that's the book. So okay. No, no, no. But, but, this, but how, how is it as a movie? As a movie, horrible. Not N- because not, it doesn't no. measure up to the book. Not only that, more than half of the movie is just Stanley Kubrick just going off. It is Stephen King has named it one of the worst. Oh, he hates it. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely hates it. But if you read the book. Like Jack comes off in the book as like this father who's really trying to improve himself for his son, you know, and he's really trying in the book. Whereas in this movie, Jack Nicholson just comes off as a jackass, just right off the bat. And it's, you know, there, there's no character development. There's no, there's just, yeah, there's but, not that, you, you don't feel the sympathy for Jack but we or can, anybody else. So we've talked about this before because the original, one of my favorite books is The Body. Okay. Which is where they get Stand By Me from. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, in the body, the point of that book is that the main character is being held back by his friends. And he feels like he's being held back by his friends. And he hates his friends for holding him back. And he doesn't want to be with them anymore. He wants to advance his life and go on and go to college and write. Okay. And every time something happens, they keep him back. That's not the point you get from the Stand By and Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. And Stand By Me, it's completely the opposite. When you watch the movie, he wants to be with his friends the whole time, and all his friends want him to advance to being a writer. They completely switch the whole point of the movie. Now, I love Stand By Me. I think it's a great movie. But I also love the book. So you just have to see them as two separate things. But see, Stand By Me was an incredibly well-done movie. It was. It's a great movie. One of my favorite movies. The Shining is just... When I watch it now... I, it's it's crap to me. I can't I can't do it. I don't I'm I'm here I don't care that either way about the shining, so it's an iconic piece of movie making though. It is, but nah, I used to love that movie. Uh the main theme is something I just learned to play on the piano when I was younger, mm-hmm. which is really creepy to me now now that I think <laughs> about it. Um but yeah, I mean, it's great movie making. It just it could have been better. Uh, I I think that's definitely one that uh, for me personally, I would want to pencil in. I think we could do that. The Shining could... to me is a way more effective movie than Ordinary People. <laughs> I think we could. Okay, if we say like we're gonna put our metric to it, um, Cassie's not aware of our metric, but we have a metric. We have a five finger metric that decides movies with us for us, so very that scientific. everybody can do it. It's very scientific. Okay. The metric is our own objective rating scale. We give each movie a rating of either one finger, two finger, three fingers, four fingers, or five fingers, and see how it rates to the other movies of that year. Our lowest, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. lowest, uh, what's it called? Our lowest, score? yes, our lowest score went to Godfather Part Three. Second lowest was Eyes Wide Shut. One, one whole finger. Which got a one whole finger. Everything else has been, kind of been in the same... It's kind of the same realm. The uh, we call it the Driving Miss Daisy range. D- Driving Miss three Daisy fingers, is, three think fingers. Dri- Driving Miss Daisy was is, did he get two and a half? No, Driving Miss Daisy got three and a, three fingers. Three, three fingers. So yeah. like yeah, that's about that's three like, fingers. That's like yeah, that movie was okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That movie was good, but like not not the best. The, mm-hmm. the best movies get about four, four and a half. Four, four and a half is a really respectable. The really score. good films like Tin Cup. Get about get five fingers. Would not get five fingers, dude. Tin cup, five fingers. It would not get five fingers. 
Okay, you need to really watch that movie. It would average away from Five Fingers, but I mean, it might get four if I watched it. But like, if you watched it, you need to watch that movie. <clears throat> Rene Russo, dude, man, I'm telling you right now, I it's would got Don Johnson. I would not want to watch it again, and I probably would not recommend it. <laughs> then what? Have you watched it? No. But then I'm saying, I'm movie. saying, this is the second season of this podcast. You need to watch the movie. There are there are very few there are very few Kevin Costner movies that I would recommend. Just in See, that's general. all I'm doing. I'm just doing like a big sigh. Hold on. All right, let's actually get right. into the top ten. We can. We breeze. haven't gotten into the no, top ten we yet. Keep, we keep. Shit. Uh, number ten is uh, aforementioned the Blues Brothers. Um, let's see here. Number nine. The Blue Lagoon, which nobody should watch because it's predatory. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to figure that. We got to get, we gotta, I don't know if Al's the right person to ask on that. Shame on you, something. Columbia Pictures. Uh, number eight, probably my favorite movie to grace this top 10. Not that I love this movie. I'm just, I love that this broke the top 10. And it really shows you where the country was at. This is Smokey and the Bandit 2. <laughs> <laughs> Some Burt Reynolds gold, right? Smokey and the Bandit 2, the sequel. Oof. Uh, number seven is The Coal Miner's Donner, which is uh, nominated, and we'll talk about in our part two. Number six. Real quick. Brooke Shields was 14. She was oh, that 14 makes it even worse. That movie. We started at 17 and worked our way to 14. She was 14. It doesn't make when me feel any Are you better. Are kidding me? I, I feel progressively worse every time we bring up this fucking movie. Can we just move on? <laughs> just move on. Yeah, anyway, her, okay. her parents were like, yeah, sure, you can like, you, know, you just be naked on a, uh, in a movie and uh, you know, no, nobody will see it. And it ends up being the ninth highest grossing movie <laughs> of, the, of the year. I feel like that added to it's it. It's art. Yeah, well, I guarantee half the people bought tickets to this thing because they're child predators. Yeah, it's so they, gross. They wanted to see 14-year-old Brooke Shields naked. Absolutely, that's why people went to go see this movie. People in the 80s, you're gross. Yeah, all you people like all you people in 1980 who went to go see the Blue Lagoon because of a 14-year-old Brooke Shields, you gross. <laughs> um, number six um, is a movie that might surprise you. Not that it's number six because it was a very popular movie at the time, but that it was also nominated for three Academy Awards. Empire Strikes Back. No, this is Private Benjamin. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a very popular. I mean, that's a very famous movie. It's a very famous and popular movie, but is it good enough to get three nominations for? Oscar? I don't know. I mean, what's her name was great. Goldie Hawn, great. Goldie Hawn not nominated, but no. I mean, like, but her performance probably lifted it a little bit. It might be the best Goldie Hawn movie, but that's not saying a tremendous amount. <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? She was an Overboard. Hello. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> overboard is the movie that you watch on like, uh, actually, Channel like Five. On a Saturday afternoon, and you go because oh, they used yeah. to play it on. They used to play it on Channel Five KTLA yeah. every Saturday afternoon. It's the Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah. It's like four o'clock. You're like overboard. Sure, why not? Some Kurt Russell, some Goldie Hawn. Uh, number five, any which way you can. Which is is this the Clint Eastwood movie? Any which way you can. <laughs> I believe that this is the sequel to Any Which Way But Loose. So we we have like Clint Eastwood and. Uh, fucking <laughs> Burt Reynolds in their like battle of like the shitty dad movie sequel. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta understand. So this is another one of those guys like Joe Pesci who made a movie this year in eighty. In eighty, 
He was in Raging Bull. He was in Raging Bull. That's right. Playing the same part that he always plays. Hey, you fucking box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, fucking hit that guy. And then, and then Clint Eastwood playing the same part he always plays. A guy who stares into the sun, says very little, <laughs> and just grunts. He has made an entire career of that move. I'm squinting right That's all now. he does. Points a gun at someone and squints. Uh, number four, beating out any which way you can by $13 million. Airplane? Airplane. I was right. Exclamation yeah. points. Yeah, honestly. Which is a spoof of which movie? Come on. Which uh, movie? Airport. Airport. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard one. Uh, <laughs> Airplane is one of those movies where I don't care how many times I've seen it. That shit cracks me up. Every time I watch it, <laughs> it's a funny movie. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a uh, it's super corny. <clears throat> the jokes are over the top, but it it'll crack me up every time. It would never survive today. No, <laughs> no, 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 it wouldn't. No, no, it wouldn't. In similar fashion of Blazing Saddles, there are some very mm-hmm. bad jokes in that movie that would not work today. So, going off of Airplane, the number three movie of nineteen eighty. Which is Gene Willy Wilder. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. No, Gene Wilder and Stir Richard Pryor. Stir Crazy. In Stir Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right at the, the sort of heart of Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor having their sort of buddy comedies. God, I loved all those movies. Uh, like Silver Streak and um, oh, what's the one where they... Uh, Hear No Evil, See No Evil? That's, yes. Ah, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, where he's deaf a, and, and Richard Pryor's, Pryor's blind and yes. they have their partners and they're, they're like... I think they're... They're criminals, right? I think in that one, and they, Maybe. and they're like handcuffed together, and they have to get around, and one can't hear and one can't see. It's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> if you have not treated yourself to a Richard Pryor Gene Wilder marathon, it's worth a Saturday. Absolutely, those two are like their timing together <laughs> is fantastic, but like you really get a a full appreciation of like comedy giants at at their just best in those movies. Even though some of the movie premises are kind of weird. <laughs> like they, some of them are like Sir Crazy really? is probably one of the best of all of them though. Sir Crazy is Sir Crazy is really good. Yeah, have you have you you're not nope. familiar you're looking at us with a blank face like you've nope. never seen a Gene Wilder Richard Pryor movie. I don't think I have. You actually. need to go see at least one. Okay. But they they really stand up uh, as far as like classic film comedy duos. You know, go and in the eighties, this was this was their their particular time. It's the you know Laurel and Hardys. It's the um, even the like D- Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis films and stuff. Like every sort of uh, era of cinema has their like go to comedic duo. Like right now, it's like The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually yeah. really looking forward to the Jumanji sequel. I know you are. I'm so looking forward to that. <laughs> that that was actually surprisingly good. Like for yeah. for a while, Corey hated it. I didn't hate it. It was just like eh, okay, yeah, it was fine. Ah, oh, so it was good. Fine. My favorite part was when Kevin Hart was come came riding in on an elephant, and he screamed something that made me laugh really hard. But I don't remember what it was. He's riding. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. in the end, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I actually liked uh, Baywatch better though. I I've only liked two Kevin rock Hart's, movies. Kevin Hart's not in Baywatch. No, no, Zac he's not Efron. in it. No. Zach Efron. I watched only watched two rock movies, and those two are the best I've seen. Ever seen a? Uh, you should watch man. Baywatch. It is Baywatch? hilarious. Okay. I know everybody's like eh, Baywatch, but it is hilarious. I'll watch anything with Zach Efron shirtless. Okay. 
Yeah. Then you should definitely watch this one because he is ripped as hell. You know Sweet. what? I share that sentiment. You're into the uh, muscles of a younger man? Um, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, a chiseled, nice specimen of human. Well, there's actually I can appreciate this, it there's a scene in Baywatch that's kind of funny because you can tell they just made it for the fact that they hired these two super buff guys. Oh, yeah. Because there's a scene where they have to run like a gauntlet together. Mm -hmm. And all they're doing is like, it looks like American Ninja Warrior. Oh, yeah. And the two are just like. They're just flexing. They're literally just flexing. Literally. It's like like five minutes of the movie where they're only just flexing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what the hell? I'm I'm not mad at it. I. And Zac Efron has like a 12 pack. No joke. It's incredible. What the fuck? And he's he's constantly oiled in this movie. Okay. Have, oh, wait, you've, so you've not seen Baywatch? Uh, I am now. I'm, I'm going to now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, highly recommend. It's, it's actually really funny. <laughs> okay. It's really funny. All I right. went in with very low expectations and was like, that movie was hilarious. Plus, you get to see lots of abs. Okay. On girls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still checking what you said. <laughs> oh, one of my, one of my favorite actresses. Uh, uh, the blonde not or the because- brunette? The brunette, Alexandria yeah, Daddario. She's really pretty. Um, so that stir crazy at number three. Number two. Num- number two. Dolly Parton. Working nine to five. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Dolly Parton making the hits, making movies. <laughs> she's uh, one of the most prolific I almost sang songwriters of, uh, of our, uh, our, our, not our generation, but her generation. She's, yeah, she's uh, a little generation before us. But even, even our generation. Uh, some of the biggest songs that we know from our youth or whatever. Uh, Should I break out to I Will Always Love wrote. You from Whitney Houston? Yeah. <laughs> Dolly Parton is responsible for so many hits. It's She's incredible. a great songwriter. She yeah, really is. She's incredible. And now the number uh, one. To our number one movie of 1980. I think everybody knows what movie this is in 1980. Uh, Xanadu? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, this movie stars uh, the American Gigolo, uh, semi-young Harrison Ford, um, American Graffiti. No, this is much later than American Graffiti. <laughs> American Indiana Graffiti Jones. came out. In, uh, you know what? You're warmer, <laughs> but he wasn't in the number one film this year for playing Indiana Jones. No, he was in a movie playing another one of his most iconic roles. Okay. Blue vest, blue shoot, velvet, shooting lasers. Blade Runner. Correct. Blade Runner <laughs> Blade is the Runner. number one movie. <laughs> nice pull. <laughs> no, this is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, or as it was called back then, just Empire The Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. back. <laughs> um, Empire Strikes Back, I think, is definitely a contender for Best Picture. Awesome. I do not agree. No, but um, I just think that's because the acting is kind. Of, it's it's a fucking. I don't even think the. Nah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it later. You're a Star Wars fan. I am a, <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. I'm actually a super fan of the original movies. I hate all the new ones, with the exception of like maybe one or two. I actually kind of like them. They're entertaining. They're popcorn movies. I mm-hmm. can't stand the new ones that are based on the original. Sure. The original uh, storyline. Sure. I like you know um, uh, Rogue One, and I like the the new um, what's it called? Uh, Solo. Solo. Rogue One and Solo, I thought were good. Yeah. All the other ones are like shitty movies, but um, the original three I thought were great. 
great movies. But you don't think great enough to... I am one of the few people that are super huge Star Wars fans think Empire is kind of a boring movie. Uh, well, I, I mean, it is... It the is, whole time he's on the planet Hoth... They're not in there. The in, oh, the entire time that he's there. It's, it's, I'm like, dude, get him off that planet. It's so boring. They, they do. There's a huge battle scene on Hoth that's amazing. Yeah, but I'm saying there's like a time where he gets left there and he's sticking himself in like the fucking intestines and it's it's just (laughs) I don't know it's kind of boring Empire people like it because it makes it what it makes everything that Star Wars is happens in Empire Strikes Back yeah I love you I know the fucking nerf herder line like all that shit none of that stuff is what I'm talking about I was talking about um, where he becomes a Jedi where you get the first time you see Yoda First time you see Yoda, yeah, in there. Y- Yoda. You don't see Yoda in the first movie. I know Yoda's in this movie. And, yeah, I mean, all that stuff comes in the in the in Empire, but puts him in a little Yoda backpack at one point. I don't, I, I don't know. We'll just have to run it through the metric and see next time. So on that note, now we're done. Let's yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, we're done. All right, so let's go through the nominees that are going to go up against our alternates that we just talked about. So what are the nominees for 1981's Best Picture Oscar? Okay, the first one is Ordinary People. Then we have The Coal Miner's Daughter, or just Coal Miner's Daughter, not that. Sorry. And Elephant Man. <laughs> the Elephant Man. The Elephant Man. That one has the the. Yeah, The Elephant yeah. Man. Raging Bull. And... Tess. Tess. Yeah. I forgot Tess last time. Yeah. That's and Cassie, right. why don't you tell us a couple of the, the two movies that we are going to add to this list. Three. We talked Three? about it. We talked about it before we did the nominees for good. Okay. The Shining, Empire Strikes Back, and Caddyshack. Wonderful. Okay. And uh, we would like to thank Cassie yeah, from the Fettuccini Alfredo, Alfredo podcast yep. for joining us tonight. Where, where can people hear the Fettuccini Alfredo podcast? Uh, Spotify. Only on Spotify? Only on, on Spotify. Spotify. That's where all the kids put their stuff now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, we'll, we'll send all of those, those movies uh, through our metric and discover if any of those can beat out ordinary people. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave us a, a, a review. Rate us. It, it helps. Leave a comment. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Switch the Envelope, or you can follow us on Twitter at Switch Envelope. There's not enough characters in Twitter. Yeah, they the bastards. At a the. Thanks. Twitter. Yeah, sons of bitches. Uh, or you can always find all of your, your uh, Switch the Envelope needs at uh, switchtheenvelope.com. So this is Jeff and Corey at the Riff Laugh Studios saying go see as many movies as possible. See you next time.